Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The history of the children of Israel in the Old Testament gives us a picture of the church today in the New Testament. And today, what we want to look at is the picture of the children of Israel going into captivity and their recovery out of that captivity. Today, when God's people are defeated in their spiritual life, they remain in captivity until they repent and have a turn back to Him. This repentance brings us back to the enjoyment of Christ. This is Matt Miller with Dick Taylor, bringing you our first life study of the recovery book of Ezra. Dick, thanks for joining me for this special program. You're sure welcome, Brother Matt, and what a joy to be on this program related to the recovery back to Christ and the enjoyment of Christ. Dick, in the divine sequence of the arrangement of the books of the Bible, there are 12 books of history immediately following the first five books of the Bible by Moses called the Pentateuch. These 12 books of history tell the story of the children of Israel, God's chosen people in the Old Testament, who are a type of the church in the New Testament. Okay, toward the end of Israel's history, they were taken into captivity to Babylon because they did not follow the Lord wholeheartedly. But the story ends on an encouraging note, and that's where our program is today, with the Lord's recovery in Ezra and Nehemiah, and then talks about God's care in the captivity shown in Esther. Dick, would you give us an introduction to the Lord's recovery here from the miserable condition of God's people at the end of Chronicles? You can see, Matt, that as you stated The problem that the children of Israel faced was because they did not follow the Lord wholeheartedly. There's a tremendous principle brought out in the Old Testament that at any point where we do not give the Lord preeminence, the state and the result is desolation, waste, destruction, and as we see in these books, captivity in a very, very miserable condition. But thank the Lord, the 12 books of history don't end just on a miserable note, like we see with Jeremiah lamenting and uh, weeping over the situation, even he himself ending up in captivity and dying in captivity. Even a whole book called Lamentations. Yeah, even a whole book called Lamentations, weeping and mourning. But rather, we see the uh, 12 books of history conclude, praise the Lord, with Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. So this is a tremendous picture and an encouraging picture of the Lord's recovery. So we can learn a lot from the Old Testament picture that can be applied to us today. We do not want to be those who do not follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Uh, Even the Lord told us in Mark 12, 30, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And even Revelation 2.4 tells us, again, 
the Lord said to Ephesus, I have one thing against you. You've left your first love. Repent. So we need to repent and come back to him, follow him wholeheartedly, which means love him and enjoy him. Well, the Lord today has done everything. He is everything. He's available as the wonderful life-giving spirit. He just needs us to turn our heart back to him, exercise our spirit, tell him many times a day, Lord Jesus, I love you. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. This will save us from the desolation. This will save us from defeat and from captivity. And this will allow us to also enjoy the oneness of his people so that we can be his testimony, his expression to bring him back. Praise the Lord for the principles that are brought out from these Old Testament books of history. Dick, I really love this uh, story we're going to get into today and start with in Ezra. Witness Lee referred to Ezra and Nehemiah as the recovery books in the Bible. Amen. I just love this matter of the Lord's recovery, and I'm glad we can get into it in this life study. Hallelujah for the Lord's recovery. (laughs) Well, let's get to Witness Lee and uh, today's life study of Ezra that was originally spoken by Witness Lee on December 27, 1994, when he was 89 years old. Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are the last three books of the history of Israel. To the end of the Chronicles, in God's eyes, whatever was there is miserable. The land was usurped, taken over by the pagans, and the people of Israel were given in captivity. And the temple was burned. And the wall of Jerusalem was turned down. The entire so-called Holy Land was devastated. No wonder Jeremiah lamented. While he was lamenting, he got the comfort from God. Jeremiah, don't lament too much. Let me tell you a good news. This kind of miserable condition of your country, of your people, of your temple, of your city, will last only 70 years. So, following Chronicle, you have Ezra, with the return people to rebuild the temple. Then later on, you have Nehemiah to bring the second people back to repair the city. Then you have a book, which is called Esther, that shows you how these omnipresent and omnipotent God became a hidden God in order to protect his captured elect who are scattered in their captivity. God wouldn't do anything, apparently, for them. God just hid himself. He became a hiding God, like Isaiah 45, 15 says, Oh God, you are really the hidden God. So in this book of Esther, Jehovah, God, such a divine title, has never been mentioned. There's no name of God. And he exercised his sovereignty with the widest way 
to reserve he select. This is why he select under their persecution in their captivity could still survive and multiply that someday they all will be brought by God to the Father's land. And the first grove was under Zerubbabel. And then the second grove was under the leadership of Ezra. Dick, today in the life study, we normally have three sections with Witness Lee, but today we only have two. Mm. So we have more time. I'm going to give you more time to develop this thought of uh, the recovery, okay, in Ezra and Nehemiah and the picture with Esther. And uh, I'd like to develop this a little bit more. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but talk a little bit more about the recovery from the miserable condition. With these three books, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, we see the Lord's recovery. And what's the recovery? Essentially, it's the recovery of God's people out of captivity to return back to the Lord and back to his original purpose. With the book of Ezra, you see uh, in the first chapter, God stirred up the spirit, and the people rose up, and they brought up, and they built it up. And we can see this is related even to the first return where Zerubbabel was used by the Lord with a stirred-up spirit to go with a group of people to begin to rebuild. And then we see, according to the book of Nehemiah, and even in coordination with Ezra, the rebuilding of the city and the rebuilding of the wall. This is the further recovery of the Lord. Hallelujah for his recovery. And then with Esther, we see behind the scenes, how is this recovery even possible? How is the return out of captivity even something that could happen? Because the situation was so miserable. Well, it happens because of the hiding God, the omnipotent, omnipresent God who is secretly administrating, working, preserving, keeping his children, his chosen ones, and enabling them to rise up and to make a return, first back to him and then back to his heart's desire which is the building of the temple, the building of the city, for his testimony on this earth. When I hear this, Matt, it just reminds me of one of my first touches with this ministry. Some of these messages are some of the ones that I heard. And I realized, I began to realize I was a Christian already for 11 years. But I realized, actually, I was in captivity. Actually, I was defeated. And actually, I realized we need to be recovered. So these books helped me a lot. And I realized, wow, the situation of the church is not built up. God's kingdom is not established. We need the Lord's recovery. And praise the Lord, we can participate in this recovery. And also, I realized behind the scenes, at least to some extent, I began to realize our God is working in a really precious way exercising his wisdom to bring his people out of captivity, out of division, out of defeat, back to himself, and back to the building up of the church, and that is the testimony of the oneness of the body of Christ. And this answers his cry in John 17, or his prayer, which says, O Father, that they may be one 
as you and I are one, that the world may believe that you have sent me. So I thank the Lord when I even hear this message again today, Brother Matt, that I could have heard this message and that it applied to my situation. And we hope all of you who are listening will realize this is not just an Old Testament thing. This is the Lord speaking to us through this type, through this picture, about perhaps our own situation. Maybe we're just a Christian who's defeated, which means we're captured. Maybe we're divided. We realize there's division all around us among the believers. But hallelujah for the Lord's recovery. (laughs) So these three books show us that we don't just end in a miserable condition at the end of Second Chronicles, but the Lord has a recovery. We must shout, hallelujah for the Lord's recovery, the recovery of the temple, of the city, and all through his wonderful, marvelous workings as the hiding God. So may we all be those who enjoy the Lord's recovery for our enjoyment of Christ and the building up of the body of Christ to bring him back. Well, Dick, I sure enjoyed your sharing. I like this application to our situation today. So far in the program, we've just gotten into the picture in the Old Testament, and you you, you jumped the gun a little bit, but that's okay, because it applies to us in the New Testament. Amen. And that's what we're going to get into in the second half of the program. Um, Why don't we go there now, and we'll have some more fellowship afterwards. You have such a history. Don't forget, all this is a type typifying the New Testament believers as God's elect. That's the church. The church was established by the Lord at the head through his apostles in the first century. Right at the end of the first century, the church degraded. This means the church got captured. And you have to realize, concerning us, the individuals, whosoever got defeated in the spiritual life, he got captured. He becomes a captivity until one day he will repent. By his repentance, he will be brought back. You see? He was captured from where? He was captured from the enjoyment of Christ. Then he will repent. His repentance will bring him back, back to where? Back to the enjoyment of Christ. Today, we are in the time of Ezra. We are in a situation typified by Ezra's time. We are coming back. And some of us have come back already. And still some on the way. You have to realize our God, or the God of Israel, is merciful, full of forgiveness, is omnipresent, omnipotent. He's such a God. And he is also the hiding God, exercising his wise sovereignty with his wise hand to protect us and to keep us and to save us. So, you don't need to worry who will oppose you, who will persecute you. You have to believe we do have a God, the omnipotent God. Yet, today, 
he's hiding, doing things secretly. If you need an Esther, he will raise up one for you. He's sovereignly wise. He can do everything with his wise sovereignty. Dick, we've really got a sweet, comforting message today. I really like this word. Why don't we talk about this matter with Esther and the hiding God, but not forget this matter of the recovery that was mentioned at the beginning of this portion as it applies to us today. Yeah, this is a tremendous principle, Matt, that, uh, wow, what does it mean to be captured? To be captured, to be in captivity like God's people were in the Old Testament, means practically to be defeated, which means to be away from Christ and away from the enjoyment of Christ. So this is tremendous. This is a great help. And this is my experience. Me too. Yeah. Before I touched this ministry, I began to realize I'd been a Christian many years, but I was defeated. And then when I heard somebody speaking about how wonderful Christ is, he was incarnated, he's crucified, he's resurrected, he became the life-giving spirit, and now he's in our spirit and he wants us to enjoy him. And I heard how wonderful he is, how rich he is, how available he is, and he could be experienced and enjoyed in every way throughout every day. My appetite started getting stirred up, and my eyes started to get open, and I began to realize I didn't use those words, but I was in captivity. I was defeated. Now I'm completely revolutionized because of this matter of the enjoyment of Christ. (laughs) And so the Lord's desire is not that we just treat him as the objective God, and for sure that we would not forsake him. Like in Jeremiah, it says, uh, my people committed two evils. They forsook me, and they hewed out cisterns for themselves, cisterns that are broken that can't hold water. So we for sure don't want to forsake him. But more than that, the Lord has done everything. He is everything. He's the rich feast. It's like Luke 15 He gave the the prodigal the best robe, but that best robe was not the end. He said, uh, kill the fattened calf, let us eat and be merry. (laughs) So the Lord's uh, recovery is back to himself and back to the enjoyment of himself so that as we enjoy him, we get constituted with him, filled with him, we can be builded up in the oneness that's just Christ himself to be his testimony. This is the Lord's recovery. So praise the Lord for this picture uh, in the Old Testament that shows us that we, as New Testament believers, Christians, could be in captivity. We could be defeated, and we can also be divided. But hallelujah for the Lord's recovery. To bring us back to the truth, there should be no substitutes, no idols, no replacements for this Christ. Not only that, he is all-inclusively wonderful and enjoyable and precious, and he needs us to enjoy him, and he wants us to enjoy him. And the goal of our experience of Christ should be the testimony of the oneness of the body of Christ. So we want to be those like in Ephesians 4, 3. It says, being diligent to keep the oneness of the Spirit. Well, who is this Spirit? The Spirit is just Christ. The more you enjoy him, the more you keep him, the more you love him, the more you kiss him, the more you eat him and drink him and are filled with him, the more we are those who keep the oneness of the Spirit, which is the oneness of the body of Christ. 
So the Lord has his house, his kingdom, his testimony. May we be those who cooperate with him according to this picture. If we realize that we're in captivity, we're defeated, may we repent. Hallelujah for the book of Revelation, even chapters 2 and 3. Those two little chapters, eight times it uses the word repent. We need to repent, come back to Christ, not just to Christ in an objective way, but to the enjoyment of Christ. And one of the best ways is just tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, I love you. Oh, Lord, you are wonderful. Fill me, Lord, with your dear self. Amen. Good thing to pray while you're driving down the road all by yourself in a traffic jam, isn't it, Dick? That's right, especially when you see a call box on the freeway. That should remind us, call on the Lord. (laughs) Well, maybe someone's driving down the road right now and seeing a call box. I hope they would call on the Lord and tell the Lord they love him right now. You know what we saw the other day? There was a call box, but somebody had put a piece of paper under the word box, over the word box, and it said, call Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) On the freeway. May we all learn from this. Call on him. Return to him and to the enjoyment of himself. Hallelujah, Christ can be enjoyed. (laughs) You know, Dick, you referred to Jeremiah 2.13, and your focus when you mentioned it was that they had forsaken him. Mm. But, you know, I'm going to read the verse because there's more to it than what you said. You missed a little bit of it there. Here's what it says. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain Fountain of of living living waters. waters. The source. They forsook him as the fountain of living waters. In other words, he wants us to enjoy him as the fountain of living Living waters. waters. He's telling us. I want you to drink me. Amen. Don't forsake me as a fountain. Don't forsake me as the one that you can enjoy. Amen. Amen. That's right. And you know, one other thing is you were talking, you repeated a couple times this matter of division and this matter of the defeated life that we need to be recovered from. Yes. And I couldn't help but think the word Babylon Mm. that they were recovered from, this place, that place Babylon, the word Babylon means division and confusion. Division and confusion. So it's not a small thing that God's people, if you're there listening right now, and you find yourself in any kind of division, any kind of confusion, this program's for you. Amen. God wants to recover you back to a situation that's not divided. Amen. And a situation that's not confusing. That's right. Not a defeat. That's right. But a recovery. Amen. Recovery back to the Lord himself. I'll leave for the Lord's recovery. And the enjoyment of Christ as the fountain of living water. Amen. Well, Dick, I, I enjoy this program very much, and there's much more to say. You've stirred up a lot in me. I hope it stirred up a lot in the, those listening as well. Me too. Thanks for coming into the studio today. You're welcome, my brother. Well, Dick, we've run out of time, so we're going to have to stop here, and we don't have enough time to develop this matter in Esther of the Hiding God, but I'd like to refer people to a little booklet that I saw you brought into the studio today called A God Who Hides Himself by Witness Lee. It's a little booklet, and it's very uh, very insightful. It's related to this matter of in Esther that God does a lot, but he does it in a hidden way. Amen. If you'd like to find out how you can get a copy of this booklet, A God Who Hides Himself, or the printed copy of the Life Study of Ezra, give us a call at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can send email to radio at lsm.org or just drop a note in the mail to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. On behalf of Dick Taylor, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. Dear Lord, we
God views the church, the redeemed believers, from a heavenly perspective. Far from seeing her as defeated by the power of sin and sins, God views the church as the triumphant and glorious counterpart of Christ, who fully expresses the one who fills all in all. In The Glorious Church, Watchman Nee discusses four significant representations of the church in the Bible. Eve in Genesis chapter 2, the wife in Ephesians 5, the woman in Revelation 12, and the bride in Revelation 21 and 22. In each instance, he presents the church's high calling to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Recently discovered handwritten notes supplement this new and fresh translation of the glorious church, making it the most complete record of the messages given by Watchman Nee in the fall of 1939 and the fall of 1942. The appendix, The Overcomers and God's Dispensational Moves, is a significant never-before-published portion of these notes. The Glorious Church by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available now at Christian bookstores or call 1-888-543-3788.